You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of the town podcast episode 76 Ooh, 76 uh just uh, going a little crazy with my shirt here this is uh my buddy lame lame out of um uh portland portland his oregon is lame his shirt yeah l-a-m-e lame dude his that art lame. is definitely not lame though <laughs> no <laughs> no he's yeah he works with uh rx skulls um okay and, uh, he was apprenticed with him for a while and but uh you know he's got his own thing going on and yeah, dig the guy. Well, before before Frank comes on today, uh, our buddy Frank from Amsterdam, Frankie Hollywood, is going to come yes, on. Love Frankie going on uh, in the Netherlands because uh, you know we w- we want to make sure we keep w- uh, keep up with what's going on in the world, not just uh, here in LA too. You know, ask for some different opinions in uh, different locations, right, Teach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. but. I just want to give some uh, shout outs first, you, you know what I mean? Because, uh, or else we're going to forget later, I feel like. Yeah, um, Shout out to Domo, you know, always supporting us. She got her art. It seemed like she really liked it. Uh, shout yeah. out to Karen McDee, you know. Karen, uh, thanks. Thanks for the support. Shout out to uh, 666 Augie. He got his stickers too, man. Thank you for the post, man. That was really cool. We appreciate you, man. And, Thank you very uh, much, Augie. Hey, you know what? I got a couple interesting, um, uh, just a guy from Japan today, underscore JPN. Basically, he said he really likes our show and he wants oh. to send us uh, some stickers. So, you know, hopefully we'll nice. see our Paint the Town podcast stickers uh, in Japan. And also, uh, uh, let me see here. Willem McKink Art from South Africa also messaged us saying that he really loves the podcast and uh, he wants us to send him, I'm going to send him out some stickers too, man. So this is a global South Africa. Yeah. That's Japan. Like, you know, Ireland, nice, man, man. UK, man. I mean, this is just, and all over the US too, man. Asia, China, you know, we have, you know, this is like a global movement. I always say, man, you know, in town podcast, it's like street art. It's a, it's a brotherhood, whether you're doing street art or you're just involved in it like me, man. So um, you know, we welcome you guys to DM us on the show and on the page uh, at PTTP show uh, on Instagram. And, uh, you know, let us know. We'll send you out some stickers, man. But uh, um, yeah, dude, we're looking forward to, to building this. This is, uh, you know, people have no idea what we have in mind for the future of this, but it, it involves building and, and combining and uh, expanding. So we'll talk about that later. Well, you want to talk about your store real quick? Um, opening oh, up? yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, grand opening, uh, going to call it officially today um, because we uh, ran a card test and everything. Just want to make sure everything was functioning correctly before I open it. It's been a long time coming. I've had a website here and there and a kind of a small store, but this one has items from like $15 all the way up to a few thousand dollars. So it's kind of like a merch and gallery. Um, couldn't open it at a better time, middle of a pandemic, but um, you know what? Uh, instead of having a show, this week would have been my show at MRG Gallery. You know, oh. this Thursday would have been the opening night. I would have been trying to sell thousand dollar paintings. Um, and uh, instead, uh, you know, 
reshifted everything. And so now I'm, you know, offering smaller uh, point of purchase items and uh, still trying to get a, a good message out there. Where can so, they find that, Teach? Teacher1.com. That's, that's the uh, website. And then you go on there and you, uh, you uh, check out all the stuff that's on there. Uh, and then go check out the store, which is hosted by LA Street Art Gallery. My brother James right. here. Appreciate that. And uh, so you, you go over there. You can yeah, also you'll... find Teacher's Shop at uh, LASTreetArt.Gallery, basically. If you go on our page, you can just type it in and click the shop button. It'll take you right to Teacher's Shop. Basically, all the resident artists are going to be in this shop, and uh, Teach is going to run it. So uh, this is just direct from manufacturer to customer, man. I mean, we're, we're basically just... Yeah, I'll be taking care of the fulfillment, you yeah. know, at least, at least for a while, you know, during the pandemic and however long. You know, which means is I'll be including little extras here and there. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. yeah let you know, me just, uh, should, um, should I just let our guest in? Because, I mean, we're friends anyways, right? So we should... Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me just let him in real quick. We'll Can't wait to see Frankie again, man. Always saying hi to him on, uh, on Instagram and, you know, leaving nice messages for each other. But... Nothing like being able to at least be on a on a Zoom uh, yeah. Zoom call. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting uh, doing it overseas. This will be our first overseas Zoom, right? Yeah, I believe so, man. Um, you know, it's it'll be good just to talk to somebody from another country, see if they're going through the same. Uh, stuff, uh, they're going through uh, something different. I guarantee you that. Okay. At the doorbell, love it. <laughs> Connecting to audio. Can you hear us, Frankie? Oh, there's my brother. I love it. Hey, what's up, man? Ah, dude, it's great to hear you and see you, man. <laughs> Likewise. What's well, such a different? Such a different uh, atmosphere than we saw you before, man. Yeah, it's a totally different world than the last time we guys see each other, right? Yeah, well, we were man, over there in Amsterdam, and came by the place we were staying and uh you know did our first podcast with you there in uh in amsterdam and uh man that was a completely different life almost really yeah how are you yeah. doing yeah doing pretty good i mean can't complain other than uh well <laughs> sitting in in the house a lot of the times but uh, other than that i'm doing fine yeah yeah how are you guys I'm doing Dude, really going well. fucking crazy. What about James? You go first, man. I'm doing really well, man. First of all, I mean, I miss all the. Uh, I went back to Amsterdam after we uh, we met that first time, man. So uh, you know, again. You didn't call me. No, I did, man. Remember? I, I, I think you have too many visitors in Amsterdam, man. <laughs> Remember, uh, we hung out, and then uh, you were moving to the pipe, basically. I'm just joking with you, man. Come of course, on. of course. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're moving to the, the pipe. You moved to the pipe, basically, in yeah, Amsterdam, yeah. right? The pipe yeah, is yeah. a really nice area, basically, right? It is, it is, yeah. Dude, oh, that's awesome, man. And, uh, dude, like I said, it's just good to see your face, bro. You, you know what I mean? Like, likewise, likewise, guys. And, uh, but, um, you know, just tell us, uh, for me, man, you know, for I'm doing a lot of studio time, uh, music studio time, right? So just writing yeah. a lot of songs and uh, just writing, writing beats and things like that and doing this podcast. Tell you the truth, I order out a lot. I mean, order order in a lot. You know, food. Really? So like, yeah. 
my life, to be honest, I feel bad because it's, I'm very fortunate that like my life didn't change too much, actually. You know what I mean? But or, you, you already ordered food every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it, you know, unless I'm doing a performance, I'm not really uh, uh, going to going out or something. I may go support a friend, or, you know, but there's periods of time where I just I'm just in the studio for like months, man. So right, um, right, right. Me, I th you know. I just been making this is my most productive year in terms of music production ever <laughs> you know what I mean um, and I know you had a project where you were saying something about um, uh, all the artists who are doing work during the quarantine time yeah. to submit yeah. to you right can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that man uh, well it's 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 still a work in progress because okay. uh, we're still in it but uh the thing, Right when this whole thing um, uh, broke out in, in Europe or uh, it, it got out of China uh, uh, and the quarantine started over here, uh, I immediately came to the idea that, well, just like you said, for, for a lot of artists, actually, the kind of lifestyle that you live inside without going um, out a lot is, is not very new to us. <laughs> when I, talk, well, I mean, seriously, yeah. when I talked to other artists, I, they were like, actually, in my daily life, you know, I can go, go without seeing people for weeks or months on end if I'm just in my zone or just doing stuff. I, when I, I go out, <laughs> other than that, I won't see anybody, right? So, um, uh, and, and that to me was like, yeah, sure. I mean, that makes sense. The same goes for me. If, if I don't go out, uh, uh, you know, uh, voluntarily, I would be able to just like live as a hermit and just create stuff. So uh, it's hard in Amsterdam, though, man. I mean, you know, Amsterdam is basically, I mean, I mean, the original New York, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if people don't know, uh, New York was actually previously called New Amsterdam, man. You know what I mean? And uh, it's like in the old world, I always say it's like this crossroads of different. Uh, uh, cultures and business, just how like New York is for us in the U.S., man. So, right. I mean, how, you, you know, how I would say that it's it's very concentrated, just like New York is. You, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, it's is there an outbreak there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that I, I don't know how how it, it, it it's a lot. It, well, just let me start by finishing the the Sorry story about, about the, the, the the project. So, oh yeah with artists is that they have their tentacles out in the world and they're very much connected to what what plays in the world around them right so whether it's socially or, or, or uh, uh, politically or or environmentally they're also they're very much in touch with what happens with the world around them even though they work very much inwards when they're in their studio so mm. uh, it, it's kind of a schizophrenic uh, situation where everybody has to stay inside while having be able to have be in touch with the world outside, and I thought, well, how cool is it? Or at least, you know, um, when history is being told um, right now about, let's say, about when we're talking about the plague, we used to do that by looking at literature, looking at paintings, songs, or you know, we're just looking at arts in general to get a basic gist on how people lived or felt or you know, uh, uh, go go by their daily lives. So, uh, I, you know, when you're living in a specific time, which which is uh, historically significant, which this time <laughs> undoubtedly is, 
there's a lot of people there's a lot of people making work and i thought well uh, if people are going to talk about this period in time it will be very interested to have all of these artworks that are being created right now uh, during this period of time not specifically about the corona or the covid virus but just to have a certain um, a feeling of um, what was the what was this what the emotions were or how people felt or sure. what was being played out in different countries or at a certain period of time so i thought it would be interesting to get people that are already making stuff right now uh, for example, artists, but also musicians, uh, poets, writers, whatever, sculptors, people in the, the classic forms of the arts, uh, uh, to contribute or at least send me the, their work or the work they're doing right now. And when all this is over, I'd like to do a show that um, is, con uh, you know, um, it's hard for me, it's English, I haven't been talking a lot of English. <laughs> Your brain's got a. Your brain's got a. Just so you people know, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Frankie is, you know, um, he's he's from, uh, you know, um, oh, Holland. Yeah. You know, they they don't speak English there. And if you <laughs> try to, it sounds like they're just, you know, hesitating. And 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 um, it, 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 this is what it sounds like they're talking like over there. Okay, so for him to speak English. Just try to be patient, okay? Give the guy some time. And First of all, Frankie's English is excellent. What, what, I, I, what I'm saying is like, I deal with this too a lot, Frankie, because sometimes I'm speaking Chinese or, uh, you know, with my family and then I'm speaking English, uh, you know, with the rest of my people or and then I'm jumping on a business call and I have to speak a little bit of Spanish. Your mind takes a little bit to like wind up you know, it's almost like an engine warming up if you're speaking different languages. Cause it's Do you like, have a name for the project yet, Frankie? Uh, no, not yet. It's, it's just a working title. So it's uh, art made during the lockdown. Uh, um, uh, that was the working title. I have no idea what it's going to be called when all this is finished. Uh, it's just that I, I sometimes struggle to find the, the right words to, uh, to express myself because it's always, when it's your native tongue, you have this certain finesse. Sure. Don't sure, I understand, as, man. As an idiot. So... Uh, <laughs> But you know, so let me let me ask you, man. Where's this uh, where's this showing gonna be? Just curious, because like, is it okay for California artists to send? Uh, Everyone could send their work. I I'd oh. rather have I rather have a lot of people from different countries yeah. sending sending me their work because the idea is, and this is, I mean, it's it's still a big idea. I'm not even sure if I'm, I'll be able to the to, to work it all out in the end, and and I don't have any a time frame in which I'm gonna work this all out, but. The idea is of making this a traveling show, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's supposed to be a traveling show with all of the works from different countries, from different artists, from different disciplines. But it has to be some kind of um, uh, uh, like all-encompassing. Yeah, a, a document to that certain period of time, and I, I would love it if the, the the shows would travel the same path as the virus did during this time. So, Ooh. well, yeah, That's I mean, come tougher. on. I love this guy, man. This is what I mean. This guy always has some really, really great artistic ideas, man. And, you know, I think just being in Amsterdam, man, like, you know, I always say it's like one of my favorite cities. It's a, cross, it's a crossroads on the earth, you know, all these different cultures come together. So it, that, that's such a great idea, man. I'm going to send you some music that I made uh, for sure, man. I mean, you know, you can reach out to me anytime, but 
I encourage all the listeners of this podcast, man, there's a lot of artists out there. There's DJs out there. And if you want to send any of your beats or anything like that, hey, maybe like we'll have you perform uh, or, you know, sh- come out to the show uh, wherever it's traveling, man. And like when we work yeah. this all out. What man. is the best way for people to send you, um, you know, their, I got, their entries? I, I, I got an email address. I'll, I'll forward you guys that in the... Yeah, we'll post it up. Yeah. So, so the, the thing with this, I, I don't want to get all political with it just by doing the whole um, flow for, for a traveling show. It just felt to me the more, the more uh, uh, organic way of, you know, performing the show. Because, you know, that way it, it, takes, it takes flight the same kind of way. So, I, like I said, I don't want to make it all about politics. Well, oh, sure, yeah. But here's the thing with that, okay? Um, you, you can have that aim not to, to make it political. Um, but here in America, um, we, we, there's, you know, people that are going to always politicize whatever they can, no matter that's what. Fine. And, and that's fine. I mean, like I said, it's, it doesn't always have to be about that subject. It just has to be about a certain period of time when certain mm-hmm. parts of work, for example, right after the uh, bubonic plague, people started making a lot darker kind of work and work related to death, which is of course very logical seeming the period of time they were in and the, and the, the atmosphere that was in. It wasn't necessarily all about the plague. Not every artwork that was you know, portrayed at the time was, a, was on the plague. Of course, a lot of them were, but a lot of the other subjects or a lot of the other things that were created embodied a certain um, uh, atmosphere or a certain emotion that of course was related to the fact that they had a really hard time so when people yeah. are submitting their work to me they don't have to make a work about the virus that's not what i aim to you know <laughs> that's and that will be too easy as well so right, I just like right. like make a time document on how people uh perceive their lives through art in this time there you go. That's a good way of saying it. That's awesome, man. I, I, to me, you were like one of the first people <clears throat> that kind of like use this. What I, what I love about it is you're using a time of that people are stressed out and you're using it as a time of opportunity. You, you know what I yeah. mean? You're saying like, hey, uh, we're all going to be staying indoors for a little bit. If you do happen to create art, send it to me. I'd love to uh, create more opportunity and then maybe we can you know, look back at, the, at this as a reference. Because, you know, right now we actually have no idea what's going on. There's so much, like, no. news going on. That's one of the things that drives me crazy about this whole thing. Um, you know, as far as you, you were asking how we're dealing with it, I'm starting yeah. to get a little bit crazy. Um, I mean, I put my wetsuit on and, and did laps in the pool with a fucking uh, paddle with my boogie board the other day. I mean, I did yeah. a time lapse. I'll put it up, you know, another time. But, like, that's how fucking crazy it's getting, you know, because we yeah. don't know exactly what the hell. I mean, we should have had testing set up a lot better by now. From what I keep hearing, the one consistent thing is the testing. Testing yeah, yeah. and then trace tracing. Those are, like, the two big things that are going to help handle this shit whenever we get it, uh, you know, figure yeah. it out. But um, because we don't, you know, and now we got our administration saying, oh, testing doesn't, you don't need to test everybody all the time. And then it's like, well, okay, well, what the then you know that's yeah, kind of crazy so i got a question for you the way i got a question for yeah. frank so um like how often do you go outside like walking in the street all right so the, the thing is uh, there's no 
I, I, there's a lot of people complaining about uh, the approach their governments make towards containing this pandemic, right? And right. I, 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 of course, have my own opinions on that as well. And I, I basically, there's love like, to hear them. <laughs> Let's hear them. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably give you some in, in a while. But the, the, the <laughs> thing I, uh, there's always the thing you always have to remind is this is the first time in history that we have to deal with it in this specific way. Um, and there, you know, after this all is done, there will probably be a, a right way that we have ha to go about it. And there will be a few wrong ways that people went to go about it. But it's really hard to say right now, because the, the reality of the, the fact of the matter is the, the, the right approach today could be the wrong approach tomorrow. And that's the simple fact that's that we don't know enough. There's a lot of people that are either experts, doctors, scientists, whatever. And um, it, the, the, the awful thing is the insecurity on what actually works. You know, we had a, we had a, a lot of discussion here on whether people should mer wear uh, mouth or face masks for yeah, a while. us too. Yeah. It had a dual duality thing is because in Holland we have a, a, a limited ban on wearing face masks and uh, of course we didn't want to politicalize it so we didn't want to make it about the religion religious burqa ban but of course it became about it yeah in in, in the folk mouth it it, be, it was called the burqa. that's so crazy you, you know yes. in in the U.S. like although that's like that is something definitely I think that uh, a lot of people. Uh, are concerned about whether you know people were burnt you, you know I mean it's it's a yeah. thing here yeah. but it, during this period of time it's like the the narrative that the the racism that's being pushed is like hey if we're gonna wear masks we're like a uh, communist China it's not so yeah. much about like whether covering your face about the Muslim so it's so nice to see that oh you know people just put that like extra spin of hate on on, on oh. everything you know. <laughs> I don't know if it, I mean, that discussion didn't came up here right away, but you can, you can bet on it that, you know, uh, it probably played a part to certain extent when people were asking to be able to wear face masks during this time. Because in any normal circumstance, it's prohibited to wear either a helmet, uh, a, a ski mask, or whatever face covering attribute you had at hand. Uh, of course, whether that the, the law enforcers actually fine you for that i mean that's that's a little bit of a gray area but now that we we didn't have enough face masks they said well it didn't it's not working you shouldn't be able to wear one you just need to social distance that's fine you know six feet apart and um of course a lot of people here were saying you know that might not be enough you can also keep your distance by wearing like gloves or wearing a face mask that's also containment based you know, so uh, in, in Sweden, in Europe, we had a we had a, a parliament that actually, you know, let people outside. They were much more had a much more well, if you call it liberal approach to it, and they didn't have a lot of uh, um, uh, you know people infected with the virus in the. First I don't know. Time. Recently, the most recent news about Sweden, what exactly. they're saying, yeah, is and like so. That's what I said. It's it's actually basically, you know. Um, you can you can do you can do a lot of things, but what's the right approach in the long run? It has to be seen at the end of the you know end of the road. It's a it's a dangerous thing to gamble with people's lives when you say yeah. you have a 
because we, we have a, we call it a smart lockdown, which I think is pretty arrogant, calling something smart without knowing if it actually works. <laughs> Literally, it's called a smart lockdown. So we, we are able to go out. The supermarkets are still open. Uh, I mean, restaurants are closed. Uh, you know, hairdressers are closed. Massage salons. Everything, every profession that's involved with contact with, uh, with, with persons one-to-one have been closed since the 15th of March. What about the uh, prostitute windows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a contact uh, profession. <laughs> I just had to ask, man. What about the coffee shops? The, uh... um, they, 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 they closed actually the first few weeks. We actually, that was pretty crazy. I remember we, we got the news for the, the semi-quarantine that people had to stay in for at least a few weeks. You know, back then people still thought a few weeks. I, of course, knew that would be a lot longer. I have an uncle who lives in China. He said, well, you know, this is the third month. So, you know, bear, bear down and you're not going to be, you're not going to be finished with this in a few weeks. So I actually stockpiled my, uh, I was hoarding my uh, grocery. Toilet paper? <laughs> no, no, not toilet paper. No, 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 no. No, actually, I actually did, you know, groceries months in advance towards this quarantine. Uh, just, I, I, it was a certain level of pre- preparation, not too much. I, those are stuff that I actually use in daily life from day to day as well. So I, I just, you know, I, I, I took a little precautions just in case the quarantine would hit. I would not need to go outside and do groceries anyways. Um, and so the 15th of March came and uh, uh, we caught, we had this smart lockdown, which basically, <laughs> meant we, yeah, it's crazy uh, that we had a lot of restrictions, but we could go outside um, one person at a time for at least a walk or, um, you know, to get some fresh air or to get some groceries, but preferably as least as possible. And like, for example, the coffee shops heard that news, and that's what you were referring to, and uh, they closed down as well, just like all the other places. And there were queues, I mean, like literally hundreds of people outside of coffee shops just getting their, you know, stuff. In the week. Yeah. Um, you know, in California, and, they declared it as a essential business. Essential. Area. So for, for some really? reason, we're they okay. They never closed. I mean, I'm not going to get, I don't get my, I don't get my herbs from the coffee shop. I mean, from the shop anyways, but, uh, you know, it's just good to know that, uh, you know, at least they got that right, you know, but, uh, yeah. yeah, The the funny thing about that was it actually, uh, it actually was, a. um, they opened up quite soon again, because you had these booths in front of coffee shops, because you (laughs) you cannot smoke, of course, inside anymore, because, you know, it's a health hazard with the personnel, it's a smoking room. So they already had certain booths to, to, to ban smoke. So if you were taking out, just like a Burger King or a McDonald's, it was fine. You could buy your stuff because they need to open up in a few weeks. Because, you know, when the queue started piling up at the coffee shop, when the quarantine opened or happened, uh, there were dealers inside, outside of the coffee shop handing out their business cards to all, of the, <laughs> to all the people. Inside. I swear, that was not a joke. So uh, it actually yes. The stoner innovation, man. I love oh, it, man. man. <laughs> okay, I got a question for you also, uh, Frankie. What, um, have you noticed uh, an increase in, uh, in graffiti uh, in, around where you are? Ooh, that, well, actually, I talked to a few artists that are uh, a lot more into that scene than I, I am right now. And uh, one of the things they were complaining about, because I, I buy my, st- my, my hardware at the same kind of stores, and, uh, and they were what talking there? about... There, there, there's still there's still stuff to be sold and there's still people doing it but actually 
contrary to what you might think, there's a lot less uh, street art and graffiti going on right now. I mean, a wow. lot less. There's actually less. There, there was just, just today I saw a post of a friend of mine who uh, um, made a really big, cool mural. And it said, you know, you know the pinwheel that's loading. Yeah. Uh, 90%. And it said loading street art on a really, really big wall. And it's just a, a statement making the fact that not a lot of people are making stuff right now. Still be yeah. long. I mean, not, not a ban on it or not, no, not like people are staying inside. I would personally have thought that, you know, that, that time was ex excellent to do graffiti or art because there's not a lot of people outside. You less Oh, I, uh, I, I, I was out and around um, the other day and made a conscious effort to take a look around in areas that, uh, and oh, yeah. It's, yeah. there's a lot more, there's a lot more graffiti around here. Yeah, um, I mean, especially, the, especially the, the ones along the freeway right now, the freeways are like yeah. pretty much wide yeah. open, especially at night. That makes and sense, you, though. you just see a bunch of like, uh, uh, you know, bombs on the side of the freeway. But actually, this is a good time to mention one of the projects that's actually going on in LA right now. It's called Art Share LA. Um, yeah. Our boy Jeremy Novi actually uh, wanted to hit me up and he wanted to, uh, Jeremy Novi's the uh, street artist that paints the koi's. Um, koi fish. Koi fish, basically. Right. And then, uh, you know, they're doing a cool project with Art Share LA. It's called, uh, you know what? It's kind of funny. It's called Let's Paint the Town. So it's like a yeah, nice yeah, little right? uh, plug for our podcast. Wonder actually. where they got that name from. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? It's funny because it's like, what I thought about it, man, I mean, this is a complete side tangent, but it's kind of like how Donald Trump took uh, Make America Great Again from like Ronald Reagan's slogan. Right. He was like, let's make America great again. You know, yeah. that was Ronald Reagan's like. Uh, Just take let's out and make it a new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. But you know what? It's cool what they're doing is like, there's a lot of boarded up businesses in LA and they board them up with, these uh, wooden panels, which is yeah, like really, really like sad, actually. You know what I mean? But these yeah, wooden panels can actually have uh, can actually have like uh, art on them. You, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's kind of like nice. He's getting a lot of local artists and a lot of yeah. people who've been on the podcast. Uh, you know, shout out to like Harp Art and all those guys. They they've been doing like cool art. Um, yeah you know on the border up windows kind of giving it some relief i think so that's yeah. going on in la i just thought it's a good, nice time to uh mention that i just um, realized i'm uh the, the glass or the cup that i'm drinking my water I mean, out of um, yeah i'm looking at it be original all the time <laughs> yeah it is actually a, a cup that we got when we were in amsterdam exactly and, uh, frank kitchens. told us about these uh <clears throat> rolling kitchens um mm -hmm. festival and uh, we happened to meet him over there where uh, he was very hospitable and took us around and everything. And so, by the way, that rolling, that rolling loud festival thing is now a thing here in the U.S. So, you know, it's so cool, man, because it's like, uh, like the brands always go to Amsterdam a lot of times as a test market, uh, especially for the U.S., you know. Yeah. And I mean, I, I already miss the days that we can, you know, go travel and hang out with Frankie and... Uh, in uh you know amsterdam man it seems like it's gonna be like a years before <laughs> before that happens again man <laughs> well, Frank, you know? um, let me uh let me ask what um can you show us some stuff that you've actually been working on during the uh during the I'm, have I'm you not been the producing studio. anything or 
I'm not in the uh, studio right now. I'm am ju- just sitting at home. It's eight o'clock at night, guys. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> eight o'clock at night. That's, that's when me, my time. It doesn't even start yeah. until about nine thirty when everyone's all the the wife and <clears throat> children have gone to bed and everything. Um, so lucky guy. Anyway, oh, it's beautiful behind you. For those of you who are listening, uh, Frankie was just showing us one of the pieces in his house. Um, and uh, can you go ahead and describe that one for us, uh, Frankie, for the people who are listening? It's actually uh, based on, uh, or at least um, inspired by the old Dutch masters, or at least old Renaissance paintings. And uh, I think we talked about it in our previous podcast. And yeah, you can go back and listen to that uh, again. But just, you know, I just feel like the style and theme is so matching yeah. with today's, basically. So go ahead. Yeah, tell us a little bit about actually, it. Actually, you know, the, the, the thing is, you know, maybe even more relevant now than it exactly. was uh, a, year, a year later is the, the Renaissance that came uh, right after the bubonic plague, of course. And there were signs of the Renaissance. So one didn't happened because of the other but maybe it you know influenced right or at least you know when it speeded one it speeded the other up uh but the 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 thing with my 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 classical paintings right you see right behind me is it's um it's a reference towards the three different periods of time we had uh you know in the the 17th oh hi say hi to me for me (laughs) uh okay so we had the 17th century, which was perceived as the golden age in Dutch history, um, which, which were, you know, when, when simultaneously with the invention of the windmill, which actually allowed people to saw wood at a speed that we didn't have before, which allowed them to make boats, which, you know, eventually uh, made Holland conquer the seas for a, a certain period of time with all the yeah if you didn't know holland used to run shit in this world okay like basically you, you know i mean it's like they actually developed you know if you missed it frankie said that they developed the windmill basically like yeah. it seems like a not well, so the, interesting the, the, invention but it's i don't pretty... know if it's the, the invention of the windmill in general but the way to manufacture with the windmill as they did was was actually a pre um, industrial revolution idea to you know produce in a in a in a certain amount and in this period of time of course we also had vast amount of wealth combined with all the negative parts you know that go with uh, uh, you know with a vast amount of wealth which was uh, self-indulgement uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know narcissism a lot of hedonism and uh, you know you, you have you have the same period of time in the 19th century where you had the industrial revolution going on in England later on on the, the mainland in Europe where they have uh, you know the steam engine which you know fueled the industrial revolution which also combined with the the high peaks in economic growth and you know hedonism and you know the similar kind of things and in the 21st century or 20th century we have this similar kind of thing where the technological revolution led to vast amount of wealth a lot of technological or industrial growth but also combined with you know this 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 uh society that is based on you know self-indulgement and you know hedonism and 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 you know uh, uh you know the, the 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 phone is basically the modern equivalent of the mirror it was back then right so <laughs> what i tried to do is what it is so what yeah, i tried definitely to do there's was, a lot of parallels man i mean you know, a lot of parallels and I think it's so cool because you're talking about a time that uh, Holland, like I said, when the, 
you know, the Dutch, they ran the fucking world. You know what I mean? And it's interesting to see because I always say that every great empire, like, you know, it has its up and downs, man. You know, and it's like, although, you know, Holland is like still a very like nice country. I mean, it's not, you know, running the world anymore. Let's be honest. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, the Dutch, they started the slave trade and everything like that too. I mean, you know, but like, that's what I mean. But it's just like, it's interesting to see. It didn't uh, start it though, but I mean, they, they had a really big part in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Okay. They did. Yeah. Okay. They did. But you know, you know what I mean? And yeah, he, he, it's kind of interesting to see like these uh, snapshots of like, I guess, society, um, you know, when they're self-indulging and being at their wealthiest, you know what I mean? Yes, so exactly. there's a lot of parallels. I love the the yeah. ruffles around the necks is like such a signature right. man can you talk a little the, bit about that yeah well the, the thing is just like you said it's these parallels in in this in these different periods of time that i actually try to portray in, in one portrait so i'm using uh, uh old iconic imagery but in a, with modern twist on it so just to just you know put a line in between all these different periods of times and, uh, you know, in back in the days in the 17th century, this is what's called a Spanish ruff because the Spaniards wore them as well. And, uh, or a millstone ruff because they looked like a millstone, which they used in a, in a, in a mill to mold uh, the, the, you know, the grain or the flour. Uh, but it was, it was beside the fact that it was just beautiful to look at because the richer you were, the more delicately it was, you know, uh, finished, you know, with 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 uh, lace and stuff like that. Back in those days, people were also Calvinists, and um, um, uh, you know, there were Protestants. So they wore a lot of black clothing, and I mean, richness of black. So you had twenty different variations of black with all these, you know, different decorations on it. <laughs> but people were also dirty bastards back in those days. And, you know, uh, I mean, really dirty bastards. They didn't wash a lot. So they had a lot of dandruff as well. So what these, what these He's just scratching actually, his head. <laughs> I mean, what these roughs actually did was, you know, whenever you wore black, it just fell in the rough and it didn't, you know, it didn't fall on your clothes. One of the other things was that a lot of these people had syphilis back in the days. And it gave you really nasty marks in your neck as well, or it could give you nasty marks in your neck. So it was actually a way of, you know, uh, conveying something that you were actually, you know, uh, trying to hide, whether it was your, your, your personal hygiene or something else. And what I'm trying to do within these pictures that I'm, that I'm making right, you see right behind me, is that in all of their nudity or nakedness and vulnerability and frailness or power or whatever these women are, 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 are stating at that time, they're also hiding something. They're telling a different story. And that's what these millstone roughs are actually uh, um, conveying in my portraits. Basically, everything in the paintings you would see in the 17th century are called um, vanitas paintings. So they're not only made out of vanity, but they also had certain elements in it that told stories was the posture of the hand the objects that they hold or the you know you know a skull would be deaf or a butterfly would be the resurrection of christ or the 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 transcendence of beauty and uh, so every object in it told a story whether you knew it and it was obvious or not and what i did is i tried to keep all of these objects that were you know old and replace them with modern ones 
It was just a cheeky way of just giving a, a wink towards these old monsters. Yeah. I love it, man, because, I mean, just looking a at very well-deserved uh, wink to the old Cheeky Masters as well, man. I, I love the way you've uh, worked that into your into your work, man. It's, it's it very well it. done. For those of you who are listening, you got to check this guy's work out online and see what we're talking about. Okay? It's so realistic. Um, the, uh, the execution level is top of the line. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm concept no, is, no is amazing as well. <laughs> what I love is, like, you know, you can just show a girl this picture, one of Frankie's paintings, and then they'll like want to be like one of the models in that in that uh, in that painting. You know what I mean? So I'm just no, saying, it's like a thank you for that, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a nice way to talk to any Dutch girl if I'm uh, ever. In Great conversation <laughs> starter. You know what I mean? It kind of like yeah, it really takes the clothes off the whole situation. You know what I love about that that one behind you, man? Like. In, in in the US, like a lot of times, uh, people who like support guns and things like that are very like right wing basically. And a lot of times they are like, kind of like the the richer people, I would say too, you, you know what I mean? So like, it's like, it, I'm just saying like, to me, I don't know if there, there was any connotation, but like you were just talking about the lifestyle of like uh, people who had more wealth, you know, like uh, that just kind of like, crossed in my mind and you know it's so it's nice because i can see these paintings like you know hanging somewhere long after you're dead man <laughs> like you know referencing oh they'll the be using them yeah they'll Thank last you. a lot longer than frankie will yeah, but, yeah. but maybe maybe nice you'll, you'll be a, maybe you'll be an ai person uh you, uh, you know by that time a hologram man. <laughs> hey let me ask you guys uh have you guys heard of this neural link thing that Elon Musk is talking about, man? <clears throat> no, I mean, probably I saw something about that on a, um, I don't know, I was flashing through YouTube and saw Joe Rogan. He was talking to Joe Rogan about it. What, yeah. are, you, what okay. are you talking about? Okay, so basically what, what's going on is like, uh, what they're gonna do is <clears throat> they're gonna take off a, like a small square of your skull basically, and then replace it with a chip that connects to your neurons. So what, actually, okay, so yeah, I'm like rubbing my head too, like aye, 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 right? But how he explained it is like, hey, this is not really for regular people, this is for people with like brain damage. Let's just say like you're autistic. Okay, and then this is like a possible surgery that you can get basically, and then it'll actually fix like uh, the issues with your brain. Uh, oh, there's know. a lot you could do with that then. Yeah, there's yeah, There's a exactly. lot of different diseases that you could really do something with yeah, that. Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay, and well, that's sure. You're talking about like everybody like, hey, you chipped. <laughs> well, well, that, 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 that's what but... I'm saying though, because what what he's saying though, it is the, one of the things, the side effects, the positive side effects is that it will give you more bandwidth, you know I mean? to. Work. I don't want more bandwidth. That's how I, I feel too. Less bandwidth. <laughs> My I want a fucking head the way my head works. There's too many things in there as it is. The last thing I want is more. <laughs> you know, well, I mean? channeling. You know, we never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You, you know, what so, do you think, Frank? Would you want to have one? Huh? Well, you want a chip? No, I don't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't either exactly you know but but the thing is like that's how it's gonna get it's gonna start off by saying it's just like nuclear energy man hey we can power everything forever and then it's gonna turn into like a fucking nuclear bomb you know i mean it's gonna start off with like hey we're gonna like help all the autistic people and the you know we're gonna cure like uh, any sort of like brain damage cte and then it's gonna be some super villain like magneto like isn't, isn't that how they sell everything really isn't that you know <laughs> 
I mean, really, we had this we had this whole thing in Holland where they try to copy the whole Taiwanese. They still have. They try to copy the whole Chinese idea of having an app installed on your phone, uh, which they could, you know, say, well, we could check everybody who'd been in, in a certain radius uh, of who had the COVID Contact virus. Tracing. And, right. And, uh, and, you know, we send early warning signs. We could map it. It, it, it all sounded very nice. But, you know, what it actually implies is they didn't have any, you know, length on when it's going to quit, what the certain extent was, what, you know, it was, it was anonymous, but it had an ident. everybody had an, a, a unique number, but it was anonymous. <laughs> I mean, those, those things even don't even compute with me, right? Yeah, so, man, I mean, that's what I say. Like, once you give somebody the power, everybody was really afraid, you know what I mean? And once you give somebody the power to say, hey, you control whether we, when we can go back or what's going on because you know people right. after 9-11 man we basically signed away uh our you know whenever we got on a plane man like we basically said hey you can molest me you can fucking stick a stick a fucking dildo up my ass like you know i mean like you can do whatever you want yeah. <laughs> you know i'm just saying like it's it was, and we never got the it's never gonna actually it's never gonna come back to normal again you, you know i mean no, we gave up those rights but you know what's crazy though fuck the airlines because like now they're gonna have to make the seats bigger because of the coronavirus. You know what I mean? Because it's like or or change at least change because that's one of the things I saw these ridiculous pictures of planes with plastic sides. You know, I mean that's <laughs> what you need more plastic in planes. Those planes are dirty as fuck, right? I mean, <laughs> it's actually more. It's more. It's, you know the, the you know the 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 seat. You know where you, your tray table. That part of your plane is more dirty than the toilet seat. You're you're. It's, you'll be better off licking your toilet seat than just you know touching the the the, the table table in a plane. But they might you know change the air filters or do UV light something on it. I, I, the, the whole thing with these 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 what we were talking about previously just to get back on the whole privacy issue is that if we want to live the way we live right now in a kind of world that we live right now some of these things will be inevitable unless we change the way we live among each other uh, i don't see a way back on going towards things like that i mean i i know in america people are a lot more afraid of their government than we are because we basically you know we have a certain level of suspicion but not as much as i see uh, uh, when i talk to people in the u.s when they give out government to government control basically one of the the things i think is why people hold on to their their dear can i, can I ask you has the government sent any of you guys any checks just curious in, in amsterdam um, i mean okay we have different we have a different way of going about these things i heard you guys got a, a or at least were promised a check for $1,200 or something. Well, I mean, I, I don't know any, actually, you know, you know what? Actually, no, no, I take this back. I, I didn't get any money. I don't think I qualify. But the thing is, I have I a friend who's a singer. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. I have a friend who's a singer songwriter who right. for some reason just took up a job in 2018 just because he needed the money. Right. And then now he's getting a $4,000 a month from the government. <laughs> Wow. Well, we have he's we loving have, it, man. Four thousand dollars. He's getting like six hundred from the uh, the state government, and then four, you know, another fourteen hundred every single two weeks. So he's getting four thousand a month right now. 
I don't know how that would work, but I mean, we have we have these packages here as well. I, I'm not uh, I'm not eligible to get one of those because I'm still still selling work, and I regard myself one, as one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, but we do we do have those kind of things. The problem with that is that you know you can print out money, but if it's not based on anything, you're just you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not how you know. It's it's basically it's eco economics one on one, right? The first thing you learn on, when you go to high school or something like that is when, if, you know, money is uh, is it's linked to one thing that has a certain value, and we replace it with money. But once you let go of these two things and you just keep printing money out of thin air, it will lead to Zimbabwean kind of situations, right? When well, Frankie, we, you know, I, we're, we're I was there for that. <laughs> We're basing it on confidence, you know what I mean? And confidence is sky high right now in the uh, governments, right? So Really? <laughs> God damn. I mean, I get, we're, we're getting off topic. The thing what I want to talk about was the privacy part of it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, don't worry about it. Uh, I'll, I'll get you back on track. Uh, the thing with it is I remember when I was younger, um, they, they uh, imposed the, the law that you had to have uh, an ID card with whether it was your passport or uh, 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 just an ID pass. Before that, you didn't have to ID yourself whether you were on the street. So you didn't have to have, to have your ID on you as a person. It probably had to do with the fact that when during World War II and the Nazis were in Holland, they had the Ausweis, which basically means something like a passport or at least an ID paper. And it had a very dirty, well, it had a dirty feel to it, right? Uh, so you can imagine. So once they, they actually tried to impose the law that people were actually mandated, is it mandatory? Yeah. They were, uh, yeah, well they, they, they had to have their ID card with them. We heard stories of people were standing on barricades telling everybody like, we can't have that German influence minded thinking of people who have to ID themselves. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's authoritarian. What the fuck is that word? Authoritarian. Help me authoritarian. Out authoritarian. Yeah, exactly. And um, and eventually, of course, the law went through. And now it's like, I think, 20 years later, and nobody talks about it. And, it's, and I'm afraid in that, that if we want to live the way that we do now, that some of these things will become the new normal. It's basically because we're with more people than we were before. It's not that I like it. I'm not saying I, I would like to have these kind of rules, regulations, or implements in my life, but I'm, I'm afraid it's, it, it probably will go that, that way. It's just the, the, the thing is with these kind of things like a Corona app or something, just because I trusted people now with the information and the, 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 the power they, uh, that I hand over to them doesn't mean that the people that are in power in five, 10 or 20 years down the road, yeah. we have my interest in mind the same way as the people do now. So what could be perfectly normal behavior, thinking, writing or, or whatever now could be illegal or, or damaging a few years down the road. And what would happen then? Those are the things that I'm actually worried about. That's, that's very true, man. I mean, that's what I, like I was saying, you know, once you give somebody, you know, the power, you know, it's, and you know, you're giving it to them to make the right choice. So they're going to make the choice for you, you know, and it's very scary to me because you're talking about ID card, you know, initially. Right. And right. then people are going to, you know, push for that uh, QR code. Right. 
And then right. as Neuralink develops, you know what I mean? They're going to push for, the, for that Neuralink chip. And, uh, you know, all well, I got to tell you, this right here, this little yeah. item right here, already makes it possible for them to invade a lot of privacy. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I mean, come on. Unless you take, unless it is off and you take the batteries out. Exactly. And that's the thing. You can turn it off. Things, you can turn this fucking thing off and leave it sitting somewhere. And it will sit there and record you. And it can film with a fisheye lens everything that it can get into that fisheye fucking lens. And all that can go up into a fucking cloud and right. be held onto for however long and be used for whatever the fuck in the future. Yeah. So and that's, that's it's one already of the here. Talking about. <laughs> exactly. One of the things you were talking about is and the thing is, once you speak it out loud and make it policy, that's when people start getting itchy. But what you said, this thing actually knows more about you and actually transmits more information right now than we previously even thought that, you know, we were sharing oh, in the yeah. first place. That trade-off doesn't really feel comfortable with me, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not empowered to, you know, say something or do something about it. I can... I can be vocal about it, but that doesn't mean it will change. I, yeah, I, but I'm as artists, as artists, you and right. I, we have to use this. This is our tool. This is part it of is. our arsenal of yeah. how we market ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm, I'm almost at a point where I'm, you know, would like to maybe find a profession where I can maybe fall off the grid a little bit. You know? Ah, well, I, you see a lot of people doing that now and then. I mean. There's something to say about that. I mean, it's the same way in China where they, they, they observe, observe a lot of people, but mm. the success of that observance of a lot of people is-, is Everybody, do they, everything that everybody does in China is seen and heard. Right. Every email that goes oh. in and out of China is- Yeah, but yeah. the funny thing about that is because of the success of all of that data, they're not able to process that right now. <laughs> That's a lot of data. And the thing Too is, much. Well, wait, Too much data. let me mention something about China and the coronavirus. It's so crazy because whenever a new person <clears throat> in China has right. to uh, get the coronavirus, because of all the cameras and everything like that, they can easily just trace it to uh, what happened. Because there's like a lady right. that she never goes out anything, but she goes to the market and there right. she got the coronavirus. You know, and, and everybody was wondering, hey, how did she get it? They traced it to one sneeze that they passed by a guy 20 uh, seconds real quick in the supermarket. Right, and that's, and that's one of the positive things that people talk about because there's a lot of benefits on the, you know, the technological implementations that we were talking about. There's also a, a downside on it. And you take those, you know, there, there has to be some sort of checks and balances but yeah. it's, it's difficult I, I, when the people are who are doing the checks and balances are also the people implementing the technology. Well, right? One thing I know for sure, man, is that, yeah. and this is my personal opinion, and you know, you can't let fucking scientists run the world, man. Okay, right. you know, what I mean, because if you take a look at if you take a look at like Nazi Germany or World War II Japan, man. Okay, basically, you know, scientists they they gather the medical industry they gathered so much data. And actually, we had so many medical breakthroughs, and because of human experiments, actually, you know, True. conducted also during World War II. Also, because of necessity, though, because war makes necessity. That's true. So there's a lot more. You see it now too with this whole coronavirus uh, vaccine. Is when there's a necessity, 
there's a limited unlimited amount of money or time or energy or resources put in something you can come to really really unique things and one thing that war or crises does is create a necessity for something so things get evolved a lot quicker of course but i'm 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 really i'm with you when you say scientists shouldn't run the world but it's also with every different group that shouldn't you know when you ask a doctor what he needs they'll always say i need more beds i need more medicine i need more staff <laughs> you know but i mean really yeah when you ask a lawyer what he would need you know you'll always hear something that comes out of their perspective yeah so, one of the things that you can right. also always see is like if you're running a hospital and you're like oh we need we need hospital beds are you talking to the social workers that are dealing with children who don't have meals because they can't go to school anymore? Because that's right. a completely separate thing that's not in your field of study, although you're an expert in medicine and patients. I mean, are you dealing with the social aspects of society? You right. know what I mean? So, so I'm just saying, like, I respect the scientists. Like, you know, we got, but they got to admit their original projections, dude, these motherfuckers were hella wrong, man. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, we gotta be mindful to me. And this is, again, I'm a dumbass. I don't know anything, but my personal <laughs> opinion is like, if you look, you can look back at the, the episodes of different uh, New York Times podcasts, actually. And then you can talk, <clears throat> you can hear how many people they were projecting in terms of uh, getting the coronavirus, hospitalization, and everything like that. And, uh, you know, at first it was about the ventilators, right? And then it was about the hospital beds. And now what it really is about is transmission that will lead to deaths, you know what I mean? And these are three separate fucking issues, actually. You know what I mean? Because, so, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just a uh, person. And this is what we started out with the conversation when we talked about the, the medical part or the scientific part about it. It's, when we're talking about the lockdown is that the 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 truth of today could be the you know the the lie of tomorrow or something like that basically something like that so what could be good right now could be wrong tomorrow it's just a prediction right so of course yeah. i think we should listen to people that actually know what they're talking about but even those people can be wrong and that what that's what that's what we hear a lot here in holland is that we think you know, there's a problem with with censorship on social media, right? What I what I see now here, or I don't know how it is in the states, is that we we ban a lot of the other topics or people that talk off topic or don't talk with the WHO or with the you know, yeah. we have the RV. Yeah, right now, if you have a, a YouTube video that's talking about like uh, <clears throat> you know. Uh, you know, just kind of pushing that agenda that uh, the coronavirus is, you know, came from a lab or whatever, you know, your, your video. You have a different know. opinion. Yeah, 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 a different opinion. But meanwhile, the WHO is changing its opinion on whether it's human-to-human -human transmittable, whether you should wear a mask or not. I mean, to be honest, I mean, you well, know. Now there's also the, the cases with the kids that have, like, these extreme complications right that um that are coming up there's like 52 kids in new york that have like these extreme complications coming from coronavirus and there's like okay well, what the fuck is this now yeah. yeah and you know i mean saying like who knows to be honest like it's so early on that to even yeah. find a connection you, you know because at the early times i remember as, as a kid at the early times of the uh the aids virus basically people weren't really sure how it was transmitted all i remember was like carl malone he didn't want to play basketball with uh 
with Magic Johnson. Because, you know, he's afraid, like, if he, you know, if he bleeds on the court or something, you know yeah. what I mean? And it, it, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not a doctor, man. Well, but, you know, uh, but it, it does, it, you, you're, hitting, you're hitting a spot that's actually right. And that's because we don't know enough right now in a whole, as a, as a general, that it's crazy that we, we, because there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of dumbasses. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists. 5G causes of, uh, Corona. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you seen a lot of nasty stuff going online that's, that's actually working against the goals we're all working towards and that's containing, containing this pandemic, right? But that doesn't mean, I think it's a dangerous thing that you just, that a private owned company which Facebook is and Instagram is right or YouTube is actually deciding what content and I'm not talking just about the rules of nudity or uh, profanity or violence though no, they're actually talking about whether they think something is true or false and they're just deleting content and that's of course a pretty dangerous thing because then we're talking about freedom of speech or freedom of expression and, and, and those kind of subjects touch me as an artist as well, because they're actually, they're already telling me what I can and can't post online, but they're, now they're yeah. also, they're also, you know, they're, 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 the narrative of the conversation, they're also deciding on that, and that's a dangerous thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, man. I mean, let me ask you real quick, and are, are people, you know, recommending wearing masks in, uh, or not. Cause that's one of the things too. It's like, there's so much like back and forth misinformation. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, all I know is that in Taiwan and in uh, Korea, they wear masks yeah. and you know, we can trust the information coming from there and they've been able to contain it a right. lot more. And it's yeah. been politicized to become like this, like, freedom thing <laughs> you, you know what i mean exactly because that's what we started out right it was saying that it, it's about the whole face masks and uh, the burka man well the funny thing is we the first we had this live show which we talked about the coronavirus a few months back and, and all the countries in europe basically had you know cases of people that had covid19 and um but we didn't which was kind of surprisingly because you know if you that we have open borders so if all the other countries had them, you know, you could basically tell us there should probably be some people that have it here right now, too. So we had this live show and explaining what the virus was and how it worked. And then all of a sudden, somebody came in with a with a note, handed over that note. And he was like, yeah, we just uh, got confirmed that we have the first case of uh, COVID-19 in Holland. And then he started explaining that wearing face masks was not really mandatory or didn't make any sense because it didn't work. And now, a few months into this process, they actually said, well, face masks work if you use them well, like if you don't touch it and you don't, you know. <laughs> of they work. Otherwise, doctors wouldn't wear them. Otherwise, dentists wouldn't wear them, right? It, it works. You just have to use well, them the right Things like, way. yeah, there's, there's the, you know, which, which type of mask. What I, what, what I think is cool is that masks have become like an extra source of income for a lot yeah. of uh, artists, actually, which uh, uh, Teach has been holding up on the YouTube if you're yeah. looking at it, uh, his new bandana, which uh, I appreciate you leaving me one over the weekend, man. If you can bring it up, it's gonna West Coast Jeeves, my Muppet is gonna be wearing it for sure, man. Yeah, so. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher1.com, right? 
Teacherone.com, get you some. Yeah, but I, I I wanted to get into the whole the whole face mask thing. Yeah, that's, we had we had these kind of rules and regulations, but it it basically had to do with the fact that we didn't have a lot of these supplies on demand because we sold a lot of them to other countries right before the outbreak. So what they actually did was make uh, 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 rules and 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 um, uh, policies based on the fact that we didn't have a lot of stuff. So they said, stay inside or uh, keep your distance one and a half feet. Now our mantra is stay within six feet of each other. Don't go out if you don't have to. And you're not allowed to sit in groups other than bigger than three people, whatever, something like that. And uh, that also had to do, it's really funny talking to you when you're wearing the face mask, man. <laughs> <laughs> it had to do with the fact that we just don't have enough of the things at hand. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it's working with one hand tied behind your bag and just try to juggle a few balls high up in the air, right? So, um, uh, but it's, it's also a high risk. So what's the good thing to do? We don't know. We'll see, we'll see when all this is over, who did the best, you know, and who did well, the I feel especially bad for you guys because you guys in Amsterdam live in especially smaller, cramped areas. <laughs> I live in an apartment. It's 50 square meters. People in New York <laughs> live in oh, I, got, I got a French balcony, which basically means you can put your foot out and that's it. <laughs> so I, I was glad with this smart lockdown. I can go outside still, you know. I, there, there are places. I go to the, the dunes, the beach, or at least places where I, I avoid people. But uh, it, 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 it re... It re um, uh, evaluated my perspective on cars because you know we had this thing which is based on shared um, shared uh, ownership yeah right shared transportation but also shared ownership Airbnb those kind of platforms Uber or Green Wheels where you can share a car with like a thousand people those kind of concepts or ideas are pretty much dead to what I'm concerned because the, the, your car basically for me is just a, 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 a extent of my own home. Yeah. I know it's, it's safe, it's clean, it takes me from door to door. And it wasn't something like that because pride of ownership, it's not something about pride of ownership. It's just a way of, you know, keeping into my own cocoon or bubble to do whatever I have to do. That's the same as wearing a mouth mask and wearing gloves, right? So even though that's not mandatory here, those kind of things, it does help. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because like in California we all have cars, man. If you don't if you don't have a car in California, you're like kind of living in poverty, I would say. Like yeah, you, I mean, lot, not not everybody. I'm just joking, but if you're if you don't have a car, don't get offended, you know. You know, but I'm just saying like it, we can act, we're very fortunate in California because we can just I can just hop in my car uh yeah. and then just take a drive up the PCH to Santa Barbara and then drive back down and I'm like not, you know, I'm in my own little bubble. Exactly. I can have a full day of activity, enjoy driving. If, you know, I mean, it's like, it's a wonderful thing, man. So we're very blessed here. I just want, you know, if wherever you're listening in the world, man, I'm just saying like, uh, you know, there's people like Frankie who, you know, are living in 50 square meters, man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, there's, there's some families living in 50 square meters too, you know? Yeah, right? but so. we, we, we talked about it. I, I live here with my girlfriend and um, we talked about the, the pros and cons of living in a city. I grew up in a suburb. We had a big garden front and, and back and I grew up next to a forest. So when, when I, when I was young, I was always able to, you know, uh, uh, enjoy outside life. 
or outside scenery. And when I moved to Amsterdam more than 20 years ago, there was a lot of pros towards living in the city, which basically gave you a lot of options, whether it was going out or, or restaurants, or there's a lot of business or, you know, but all of these pros became cons once the quarantine hit. So I was living in a cramped apartment, which I couldn't leave. I couldn't see all of my people, which I did previously did. So all of the, 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 the things that I thought were good about a city actually became restrained on me and my work. It actually, you know, it actually impacted me as a creative as well, because, um, it, it, once you are confined to a certain space and your only window is the phone or computer screen you're looking at, that's not really, you know, inspiring uh, to a certain extent. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. We that's not a desired, you know, little hiatus you're taking to do your own thing. That's something you're shoved into and exactly. maybe you're not in the right mindset. <laughs> exactly. So it's not a, it's not about a personal choice. We, we started it off this conversation where we say, a lot of artists are, are hermits to a certain extent only by choice. It's different when you can't go out and you're actually confined to the certain space. Yeah, Not even your art studio, just your house. So um, I, I, I actually started reevaluating. I thought maybe I should go outside. Maybe I should live in a suburb and buy a house with a garden. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Sydney isn't that good at all. Yeah, I, yeah. I, dude, I share the same thoughts with you. I mean, I have, you know, twin nine-year-olds, so we've been having to do the homeschooling. Yeah. And um, I just, I don't, I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't like being around a big, large group of people that right. is, you know, has a, a potential to get crazy and do stupid things. Right. And when you're in a big city like Los Angeles, I'm in Encino, but it's, you know, part of Los Angeles. And, you know, it's uh, one thing that's been really affecting me is not being able to go surf, you know, get, getting exercise is actually fun. I'm still getting exercise, but it's like, Oh, yeah. and, um, you know, it. uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's been good in some aspects, but it's also getting to a point where, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get this figured out and, yeah. and, and figure out the best way of dealing with it so that, you know, when it does eventually come back, like they're saying, or whatever the hell, yeah. we know what the hell to do. You know, yeah. I just want to know what to do. When I don't know what to do, that's when I get fucking crazy. I can handle the craziest shit. I can handle yeah. the, the most, you know, yeah. uh, whatever. I can stay in a room this size, whatever, for however long, if I know how long I have to be there. Exactly. But uncertainty, and that's one of the things a lot of people talk about uncertainty is the the biggest factor that our people are dealing with right now it's not the fact that they don't have a lot because i i i uh, really early on in this process came to war, uh to to um, um how do you say that sorry sorry i just have to think for words i came to consensus with myself that I had to live a really uh, a mundane or at least a, a very simple life which conceived of one walk a day outside, you know, just for the exercise, having a routine, getting up, doing the, the just like a really, really, really basic, basic life. But I, I said to myself, I'm happy, I'm fed, I got a roof over my head, I still have work, but there's not a lot of extras. So it's actually just, you know, it's a, 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 a peeled off onion, right? So it, I peeled off all of the top layers. What, what, what stayed over was the basic, 
I don't know how long it's going to take. And that was the frustrating part, just letting go of the fact that I just don't know. The only certainty we have right now is that nothing is certain. I <laughs> absolutely, everything is up for grabs, right? So, yeah. And, that reminds me of a, the think? old Buddhist mantra, change is the only constant, right? Right. So if, if you, <laughs> whenever you come to terms, no, but if you come to terms with that, with that, a lot of things uh, fall off and make a lot more sense or you can get a lot more rest. Because I'm, I'm with you, Teach. I mean, I, I went crazy. You know, I, I knew it was going to take a long time. And then they said, you know, it's going to take two more months. And I was like, fucking two more months? Are these people crazy? What am I going to do? And, and I, I, just, I just, you know, I, I gave up. I was like, fine, this is what it is. And within the confinements of these rules and regulations, I'm just going to find my own piece of freedom. Do, do I agree with it? No. Do I like it? No. Am, am I looking forward to when all this shit is over? Hell yes. But you, you got to give it up to a certain level because otherwise you'll just flip out. I, I'm with you. You know, I'm, I can do the craziest stuff as long as I know there's a, you know. To you work. know what? Just so people have an idea, can you just give us, you know, like a paragraph, um, basically say what you just said, but in, uh, and um, in, in your in your own words, in uh, I guess it's what is it um, Dutch? Dutch. What do you like me say in Dutch? What do you like me to say in Dutch? The paragraph you just tell me like um, how it's uh, made you. Um, There's probably some people that know Dutch, and maybe you're going to explain <laughs> it a little bit more freely. You, you know what I mean? Well, I, I think yeah. I, I called it quite well when I said okay. I said that, that I had, you had to come to terms with the fact that you don't have a lot of freedom. And uh, I don't want to compare it to jail time because it isn't. It's more like house arrest when you're a kid at home. Uh, it's, it's like uh, you're grounded. grounded. Okay, now, what you just said there, say that in Dutch. Just so people have an idea. <laughs> Put them on what the spot. What it sounds like. What you house arrest have. Some people have said that it's a bit like a vacation. But it is not a vacation. It is more house arrest. So it's as if your ouders have regels hebben opgelegd die you don't want. Something like that. I love it. The, no, that was not technical difficulties, people. That was the, uh, you know, the Dutch language. <laughs> and so, so just so people understand why you may have been hesitating a little bit, mm -hmm. but with an amazing vocabulary. I mean, you got such an amazing vocabulary uh, right. of the um, English Thank language. Um, I'm always very impressed. And I just wanted people to have an idea. You know why? Uh, why is he? Why is he? Why can't he just speak more freely? You're like, okay, you try speaking that fucking language, and then come over and speak the English language. Let's see how well you do, huh? Yeah, right. we Americans. Could try, we could also try it a little bit in Turkish, German, or French. Whatever floats your boat. I mean, yes, I'm every Dutchman speaks at least three languages. That's yes, what we always say. That is true. Hey, but uh, I mean, we can we can also get back to touch base a little bit, talk a little bit about more about the artworks and the art scene, because I, I I'd love to talk a little bit more about that too. Yeah, we can go overtime, man, because uh, uh, you know, <laughs> usually we do these things at nighttime, but we gotta uh, you know, do it for in, you know, during the day. So uh, well, it is nighttime for for Frankie. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, let's yeah. talk a little bit about. Oh, you know what? I saw a cool uh actually no i was very fortunate to actually de hand deliver uh, a collaboration between you and uh uh life after death and the reason i say life after death now is because officially dave navarro's instagram is gone okay really? yeah I, I i love that because it's like wow. 
it's like you know what that is because social media uh, followers are like currency man and it's he true. was just like you know what fuck it i have five thousand on life after death now i'm just gonna give it up man <laughs> like i love that so i'm gonna pull it up that's good but, but talk a little bit about the uh, uh as i pull it up man like the uh the collaboration that you guys did uh, that i well, dropped I, off I, I, I pitched him the idea uh can i mention his name i have no idea if he's yeah 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 life after death oh, absolutely yeah okay so i i pitched i pitched him the idea of doing a collaboration uh between uh between us because I, I do a lot of i do a lot of collaborations because it you know, it forces me out of my comfort zone and, and it has to do with different techniques as well. I love mixing things up and I love meeting interesting people. And I, I pitched him the idea of like, okay, so I'll make an artwork half finished. You can finish it. You can also make an artwork half finished and send me the one. And I said, well, the only rules we should set is like we maybe should get like a few topics that we should touch on and uh, topics that we feel comfortable making work about or uh, think that's worth talking about. And, uh, and you can do whatever with, with the work you want. You can cut it, you can burn it, you can paint on it. I don't care as long as you create something new or contribute to something through that work. He liked the idea, so I sent him one of my pieces we actually discussed and uh, that was on gun regulation. And uh, I thought that was a, 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 one of the topics that I, Personally, I've spoke. Oh, James, are you? Oh, you just pulled up the picture. Yeah, you're there. You're still here. I thought you just fell fancy now. We're weird. showing. Oh, that's cool. I had no idea how this Zoom thing works. It's actually. Uh... James is in control. It's his meeting. So he. <laughs> right. so I just pulled it up right now. So, uh, right here, there's a beautiful little girl holding a teddy bear and also an AK 47. And it's a, right. uh, I know that's the part you painted, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then. Uh, but, he didn't know he didn't know what I was gonna paint, so I I, we, I only agreed with him that we should talk about a few different subjects, and that I would make something about one of these subjects, one of the five that I actually did, and that he had to contribute to that piece which I was be making, and he could do the same thing for me. So um, yeah, I actually portrait portrayed one uh, of my niece. This is actually a portrait of my niece, holding a, a teddy bear and a, and a gun, and I said, well the picture itself is pretty powerful so he thought it didn't need any work and I thought that's that's a nice compliment but you do need to add something to it and <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah I mean whether like I said you could cut it up you could burn it you could you know you could paint over it if you don't like it as long as it evolves in something new and I like that you know because you you got to have the freedom to just or at least feel free enough to just you know mess around with it and um he immediately came up with his own signature style which is the 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 stencilized uh, uh topography is that the right word that yeah. i'm using yeah, yeah. Right. yes and um he came up with this phrase and uh and i said well that's really really powerful and uh, he used that as an um because uh, like i said the image is powerful by itself as well but the, the the text that added on it just made it a lot more uh, i don't want to say gore because it's not gore but i mean it just gave it that kind of a um for me at least gave it that kind of a feel that it was a little bit off it just it felt because the other one just could could be could be cool and odd at the same time but once you see that on it you are immediately like 
There's a message behind it. Exactly. What I love is that it actually inspired, I felt like, you know, it started this next series of the trauma kids, basically, because he yes, exactly. He yes. hadn't did it for a little while, you know, yes. and then now it kind of just more, you know, it goes back to that original message, too. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's inspired this, like, next one where this uh, child is, yes. like, standing yeah, on a exactly. pile of yes. books and then reaching yeah. for a gun, too. I and love that background piece. checks won't keep the... Uh, safe lock that night, which was the same one that uh, uh, phrase yes. that he had on the, uh, um, uh, the the collaboration with Frankie, you know. So yeah. and just he's just you know, Life After Death is doing some awesome work, man. And I I just think it's like major props to just saying fuck it to the Dave Navarro Instagram, man. I, I had a feeling he was gonna do yeah. that, man. And uh, like I said, man, just a true artist, man. Props to you, yeah. Dave. Shout and that's you, that's man. what I that's what I like about it too, because I. You told me about his work, and I and I and at first, you know, when you see a lot of people, you know, just making stuff, and I hear a lot of I hear a lot of people uh, complaining that once somebody is famous, they started doing this different disciplines, and I always say, you know, if you if you do something creative, whether it's making music or creating uh, uh, paintings or dancing or whatever, it, that might be your specific thing that you shine in at a certain period, but that doesn't mean you don't have love for other disciplines. Usually people that are creative have a love for a lot of different things, whether it's singing, dancing, acting, sure. or painting, it doesn't really matter. So it's not really uncommon to see somebody who is creative being vocal in different disciplines. And then I started following his work and what I really thought was really cool was that he actually started, you know, he just, he went out, you know, he went on the, on the rooftops, committed man yeah he was he's been up on billboards and everything yeah i want to share one of the uh one of the newer uh uh i guess the you know the the style theme paintings that you've been doing man because i are not newer but just one that a little bit different that didn't have the ruffles you you know what i mean um this one's super cool man this is like a is this girl i don't know who she is but she kind of looks a little bit like claudia schiffer and then Uh like uh she has like a uh Mickey Mouse mask and a glove mm. on, dude. Yeah. And this is apparently in 2016, so yeah. it's not the most. Uh, <laughs> I was just gonna say, wait a second, that's not recent. But it's different from it's different from the other ones, right? He recently posted yeah. it, right? Yeah, I reposted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 you know, I always uh, you can post, you can show the other works as well. I did one with Justin Bieber and uh, the Kim Kardashian one. It's okay. a while back. Is it up it's, or down? It's, yeah, it's just... a lot. It's a lot further down. Okay. I always, I, I sometimes do political work as well. I mean, obvious political work. All of my work is socially. Hey, you guys have the, uh, the uh, naked Trump in here. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, inspired that voice from In Decline, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that was that was that was that was one of the um, uh, group shows I did a few a few years back, two years back. Nice. Um, as I'm scrolling, man. Oh, here's hear a, that, that, that. Yeah. So I, I did Justin a, Bieber. A yeah, in homes in Iraq. Whoa! So I I did a few of those portraits where I put celebrities on uh, on settings where you would you would not you know. Dude, that's awesome. So I I, I took them How out of their natural. How big is that? How big is that piece? One twenty by eighty centimeters. So. Oh shit! What is the conversion of that? One twenty by eighty. That's uh, forty. Uh, uh, not American. <laughs> about uh, a foot and four feet, three and a half feet by 
Oh man, my head's exploding. Don't worry about it. That's good size. You should also see, you should also see the, the Kim Kardashian piece just to have the, the reference sure, for the two out. pieces. Is that uh, okay. ahead of it or after? Uh, before, so it's a little oh. bit older. Okay, let me just share Wow, this. man. That's, how long did that piece take you, the Justin Bieber piece? Six weeks. Six weeks. Wow. Yeah, nonstop, though. I mean, I've been working on it. Before. About how many hours each day? Uh, sometimes no hours sometimes eight nine and three it, it depends you know it depends yeah no 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 i get that i i, I oh wow yeah wow. That so that was in uh, uh fallujah uh, or no no sorry that was in aleppo sorry it was aleppo it was a uh, a city in uh, syria so i thought you know we we are consumed with this idea of you know um, uh, worshiping celebrities which was it's easier of course than to just uh, being confronted with all of the basic stuff that happens day to day in other countries or, or, or nasty things that happen in other countries. So we, 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 we are drawn to this perfect or ideal picture of what life is supposed to be. And I thought, how cool would it be to, you know, take that surrealistic, you know, imagery of somebody who's taking a selfie in a bathroom Putting in her, putting her in a totally different environment, but the new dress that she's wearing actually, you know, uh, corresponds with the background of these destructed buildings, where these people are are looking at her uh, just like she's out of a different world, you know, because these are two different things that are colliding with each other. And um, of course, you can imagine these are pieces that are not um, uh, very. Uh, uh, popular in galleries that I sell my work to for people that want to have something. <laughs> Dude, uh, this is only like a punk rock star or, uh, you, you, you know, somebody, you know, they, they got to have some consciousness going on. Dude, exactly. Man, I, I love that because you know what, these paintings, I feel like will be, the I'm in love with that piece, bro. That's, that's beautiful. That are like, that are going to last in museums, man, to me, because it's like, it's really talking about the narrative of time and, I feel like you've yeah. always been able to capture that in a painting, man. The, 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 you know, just a moment in time, the thought, the narrative of society. I just got to say what I kind of saw in that, uh, the piece with the Kim Kardashian um, also is like the, the, the color, um, yeah. like you were talking about how it goes. It almost yeah. looks like those buildings are like her wings, like almost um, oh, yeah. like a Colette Miller, like she's doing a Colette Miller with the wings in the background. The wings are the yeah. buildings because they're the same color. If you go, if you pull that back yeah, up, yeah, see what I'm talking about? I didn't see I, that. I actually, took, totally. I actually took, in, I was inspired a little bit by the, uh, you know, the, the movies that are, are like, uh, um, you know, um, what's the name of the guy? <laughs> God. Michael Bay? Uh, the, 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 one, one second. Lamont? Weekly films out of here met the I love it. Sorry, Dutch. No, I love it. Yeah, Wes Anderson. Sorry, guys. Oh yeah, yes. okay. help out time. So Wes Anderson used to have or has all of these pictures that are perfectly in frame. Everything is in right perspective, right proportions. I thought, you know, we got to do the same thing with this this broken down world where everything is in rumble, where everything is basically chaos and out of this chaos i have to create a composition that's actually in balance and i yeah, took the opportunity in fact, to take her take an image of her wearing that new dress that actually is very tall to tall so these colors are really blending into each other 
in a in a seemingly environment that that's that's clashing with with everything she stands for and everything she is because like I, I yeah because she's she's in Syria she's um, she's a, a daughter of somebody who from I think she's believed of she's Armenian, Armenian back, yeah Armenian background Armenian Christians so I thought everything in this imagery is just a total opposite of what you would expect it to be. And, yeah. uh, uh, to me, it also um, it also kind of becomes um, like a figure ground uh, reversal type thing, like with uh, Gustav Klimt, where you're seeing like these patterns and stuff in the background. Right. And uh, beautiful, the beautiful work. These are the kind of works I'd love to make a lot more. It's, it's just that the fact that you always well, have dude, to... you got to pay your bills. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I there's it, not but... enough of the Medici type family that would that would you know um, want to influence um, yeah. society as much and and help to uh, bring more of these pieces uh, to life and right. finance. I would love to see something like that to have a family finance you to just go off on more paintings <laughs> like that because that's awesome, bro. I do, I do a lot more crazy things. Uh, I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah, man. Awesome. So, you know, we pretty much, we're almost pretty much at an hour and a half, man. And I think oh, that's, yeah, a, you know, let, let's talk about uh, where we can kind of find your stuff, Frankie, because, um, uh, well, you know, we, we would love to put some of your stuff in our uh, store too, man. Like any, any guests, I think, uh, if that's all right with Teach. <laughs> it, it, Oh no, 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 no. We don't want to have Frankie's work in there. <laughs> teacher's running the teacher's running the store, basically. You, yeah. you know, I mean, but basically, you know, we, we want to be able to give opportunity to people who you know who support us too. So I'm just saying, yeah. where can we find your stuff right now, man? Well, uh, since the whole gallery scene changed during this pandemic. <laughs> Tell me about it, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what was one of the subjects I really wanted to touch base on too, but let's do that right yeah, quick. Do it that. doesn't matter, do that. I mean, a lot of, what, a what's lot happened of the, to your galleries? A, a lot of the galleries that were actually into the whole online thing before this happened, these people are good. I mean, they, they, because sales of art, even though they are lowered, they still continued whether it was online instead of offline. But all of my galleries that were just invested in brick and mortar stores, those people are are having it really, really rough. And that's because they didn't believe in the fact that they just had, wanted to have high foot traffic, triple A locations, paying high commission fees. To, you know, artists had to pay a lot of money to having being in those kind of places. And those people that were actually missing the boat, they had missed the boat. Uh, they they now now offer you online shows right so which is the same as my instagram account i don't see the the opposite <laughs> of that uh, um, so i'm good i actually invested in being online a long long before this whole thing happened i good. saw the power of media uh, when i started doing this as a profession early on in the stage because i didn't get the recognition from the start when i was starting this business uh, or doing this as a business a lot of the, the, the galleries, you know, they didn't want to have my work. And when they saw I, well, I, had, I gained popularity online or went on TV a lot of the times, they were like, shit, we got to get this guy in because he's drawing in traffic or he's drawing in, you know, uh, customers. And, His work and, is selling. Right. So uh, uh, the, the thing is, I, I'm doing pretty much all right. I, I, I knew this whole thing was coming, or at least I knew it was getting worse. 
So I saved up a lot, a lot of money beforehand. Uh, in January, I was pretty much set to go. I had a lot of good months in, in, before this whole thing happened. Uh, but I, it's in all honesty, I mean, it, it's not as good as it was before, but I'm still selling work, which is good. And all of my sales are coming from online. I do see a little bit of a change in market. So the middle mid-range market here, or at least in Europe, is a little bit gone. So mm -hmm. lower markets for, for affordable prints, that's big. High-end yeah. markets for like, you know, expensive, real realistic oil paintings that at least, you know, go for let's say 10 You know days. what it is? People are yeah. bored at home and they yeah. want to buy shit. You know, you know I mean? They're, <laughs> they're just eating. So the rich people well, want to buy Finish what you were saying about the higher end stuff. Well, that, that's also doing good. So there's a, there's a, a pretty big gap in between. So that mid-level range of artworks, that's that's where the big blows are. So really affordable, cool art is getting a lot of traction. Well, you know, yes. silver prints, big editions, that doesn't really matter, but original artist work and high-end work that's original, unique, and, you know, uh, can go up to 20, 30, 50k doesn't really matter that that kind of work just really goes well and what what james just said is it's 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 true that people are still at home so there's a cocooning kind of vibe the, the environment that you're actually in you're confined to you're like all right so i'm looking at some the guys like walls. i have a friend who uh sells baseball cards uh right. shout out to you david uh, but basically, uh, he, he's, his business is thriving right now <laughs> because, you know, some, some rich guys are like, hmm, I'm missing that, like, original Babe Ruth out of my collection. Yeah. So, you know, and they, they want to complete that collection and it's just being advertised to them all the time by social media, basically, right? So eventually they're going to give in and buy something. So, you know, people are I love still it. wanting to buy, but they, they do, even though, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty when you're if you're going to keep your job or your house, because that's, that's a real thing for a lot of people. Yeah. There's yeah. still a, a need to have that space, which you are confined in those four walls or how many walls there are. I don't know to have that as comfortable or, or pleasant as possible. Cause it inspires you. It comforts you to a certain degree as well. So for every wallet, there's a, there's an artwork available. I just believe that that mid-range of artworks and the classic type of gallery system, that's pretty much gone right now. And I don't know if yeah, you and I don't know if I don't know if that's ever going to make it back. Like you were saying, exactly. I, my my exactly. brick and mortar galleries that were selling my work are closed down right now. Yeah, and I actually just today is actually the official opening day for my uh, website. We've actually had it up online for a few days, yeah. but just making yeah. sure all the um, charges and everything work right on it when people use their card. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm set up online now, and which I will yeah, actually you know, when I start selling money, start selling when I start selling pieces online, yeah. I'll I'll end up with more of the the money Irrevenue, than I did right. before. Yeah, it, it it just allows people to think differently on what it means to sell your art through a gallery or sell your art out of your own studio, or think about what these commission rates mean to you and what the added value would be of having a physical store in where you can actually see your work. Cause you know, those, all those kind of things are just, you know, up for grabs right now. And I think there will be always be to a certain extent, uh, a need for a physical place where you can feel, touch, smell, whatever that work. Yeah. Online would be the massive part of the growth. And this just 
put it into a, a you know extreme fast hyperdrive hyperdrive right and and the, what I always wanted to say regarding this subject and I would talk about this with my brother a bit and he said you know it's survival of the fittest and that people you know they misuse that term for a lot of reasons when I talk about survival of the fittest a lot of people think that I mean who's the you know who's the strongest but it actually means is who fits in the best so when the environment yeah. around you changes I compare it to the, the situation of the dinosaur. So let me give you this. Uh, is it an, an analogy? All right. Give me this story. Yes. Comparison. So when did the, the dinosaurs ruled the earth? They were the biggest. They were the strongest. So you had the, the you know, the, the meat eaters, the, the plant eaters, and they, they, they roamed the earth. And you had, eventually over time, you got these small rodents or rodent-like, you know, um, um, mammals. But they were, you know, they were basically fucked because they were just, you know, small and they, they couldn't do anything. But once that meteor, that event hit, laid a ground, uh, you know, a layer of ash around the earth, this, you know, the, the dynamics of the, the, the whole world changed. So, you know, the first ones to die were the big plant eaters. You know, the then they, they were, right. Then, then there were the, the meat eaters who could eat the plant eaters who were dying. You know, the, I compare that to the big companies who have a lot more, you know, fat on their bones, who can sing out a situation a longer period of time because they have a lot of funds. But eventually, if that period of time goes long enough, they'll go bust as well. And then you had these, you know, these small creatures who could live underground for eight months at a time because they were in dormant or sleeping. They didn't, they didn't need a lot of food. They didn't need, need a lot of, you know, they didn't need a lot of uh, uh, sunlight because they were sleeping anyways. Suddenly became the dominant power, dominant species on the earth because the situation changes. That didn't mean they, they adapted. No, they were just the, the specific they fit, they fit it in right. And, and this is what I tried to compare our situation to right now as well, because there are people that started out before this whole business started or this whole pandemic started who were doing pretty badly or well or reasonably passing by. Suddenly, the, the, you know, the, the environment changed around them and they were, you know, they were actually doing quite well. They were actually fitted for the job at hand. And that's also to the galleries who were actually invested in this whole online thing yeah. they might have not you know did pretty well but now they're actually the ones who are doing a lot better and uh, i mean this is just a comparison to the galleries but like, you can you can put this on every different subject on on economic uh, uh, relations right now. i kind of saw what you were saying yeah, was right. that it's just like hey some of these big corporations like sue yeah. plantation there's it's a big buffet around here they shut down for good man but you know what artists like you frankie that have like collectors that have a database guys that just survive on their own man i mean you know they they find their own means of income man and then like mm -hmm. just major props to you man i i keep on hearing mm -hmm. this th this uh phrase and i want to repeat it <clears throat> tough times don't last but tough people do you, you know what mm -hmm. i mean like I, I love that man because it's like it's like one of those things it's like a cliche but you know i heard Old people say it to me, and I think it's something that I can pass pass out everybody because it's like, you know, for sure World War II was way worse than during this period of time, man. I mean, yeah, the I amount of death. <laughs> okay, and it's like a no lot doubt, of these people no 
survive through World War II. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we have. You don't have concentration camps. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we're so fortunate that we have like the media, the the Zoom conference, uh, right. YouTube to keep us entertained, man. Because uh, if we didn't, man, I don't know what we'd do, man. Because That's it's like. We're, we're so oh, weird adapts. We, 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 it's amazing, you know, humans can adapt to crazy shit. That's but, true. Um, that's true. You know, right. it's, it's nice to have what we have, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, some, 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 uh, some of these things that you say are true. Like, for example, uh, you know, we say tough times. Repeat that again. Tough times don't last, but tough, tough people do. Yeah, I, I also I hear sometimes I hear people that, that I believe that what you say that that's absolutely true. But I also hear some people say, you know, what doesn't kill you make you strong, but that doesn't really necessarily is true. I said, well, what doesn't kill you? Polio didn't make you stronger, you know. I mean, <laughs> sometimes uh, it weakens you. Exactly, but uh, no, no, I, I actually agree. If you can, if you are able to be one of those people who actually fits in. That's perfect, but if you have the ability to adapt, that is second to best. Because yeah. you know, uh, uh, I I believe I love to do this for for the rest of my life as long as it's possible as a as a as a you know as a profession. But if I wouldn't be able to do this as a profession, I will be hustling my money somewhere else. Whether it was picking up garbage or working at an advertising agency, both as bad uh, or good, and uh, you know. Um, but I would always be creating artwork because it's something I love doing. You know, uh, I think that's that's the thing. I'm I'm easily satisfied because I'm able to do what I love. You found your passions already, and you know, uh, yeah, some people for that. depend on like you know going out, material things, buying things, going to places right. for their uh, daily happiness, man. And I think like one of the things that I've learned about a lot of the artists I know is that. A lot of us are, have already found our passions, whether it's making music, whether it's making art. Although this thing is driving us crazy, we have an outlet to yeah. uh, uh, escape to, you know, to dissociate, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah that most know. people don't have. Yeah. yeah, you know, most people are just Netflixing all day, just consuming, which, hey, I envy those people too. Who are, you, you know, you're just able to consume. I love it, man. You're the people that buy the art and listen to the music, and we need you guys too. You know, what I mean, yeah, but absolutely. But picking up a new hobby during this period of time is de is def like you said, Frank. You know, is definitely like a good uh, a good thing to do, man. Yeah, do it yourself is gonna be is gonna be absolutely big. I think the people amount of people that are doing the the artistic work as a profession will be a lot lower once the once the crisis hits or is over. But a lot of the people that are actually doing stuff themselves, whether it's out of a hobby, a passion, or just because sheer fun, is going to be a lot, lot bigger. Definitely. You know what? I think that's a. Uh, uh, is there anything else you want to plug? Because I think that you know that's a great way, great, great place to you know tie a, tie a knot into it. Um, what's your website, Frank? It's frankhollywood.com. And what's your uh, uh, Instagram, man? So we'll post it up, but so they can find you. Frank the listeners Hollywood Frank E Hollywood yeah at, on Instagram basically and uh, you know we'll post all those videos up and uh, you know I do, I can't wait till next time we can actually finally travel and hang out with you in Amsterdam because you know yeah, Amsterdam man, is really. like my second home man I love that place yeah yeah I mean I, I, I this is actually I think it's a year uh, maybe not to the day but it's a year ago since we since we had that festival yeah you're holding up the cup you're holding up the cup <laughs> 
Show the cup again, Teach. Show the cup again. You know what it says? How do you say that in Dutch, right? How did glasses on how? I can't see it. I can you can you talk? Then you can. We we aren't in original. Teach, can you say something? We altidad in original. You know what it says? What? No. Be original all the time. I love that, man. Always so be this original. Has been in my Always mind, be original. Always be original. Yeah. Dude, that's a great Love way this, to end man. it, man. So, hey, Frank, thank you so much, man, uh, for coming oh, on the show guys, again. Man. We're always going to have you on as a regular because we love finding out what's happening in out in Europe uh, uh, through Ooh. you, man. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm we, love we, setting like this. So, uh, if any other artists, man, you want to uh, l- let them know to basically uh, come on the show. We'd love to talk to them. This is a Ooh. great time. Everybody's home. I think this is your first Zoom conference, right? It is. It was. <laughs> by the way, I have to say this: it was a pain in the ass because it it had so many digits. It felt I was like locking into a nuclear launch code, right? <laughs> I, I, I had to. It was like a fifteen-digit password, sixteen thousand-digit you know ID number. I was like, yeah. What is, what you know what happened? <clears throat> you know what happened originally? Originally, it was really simple. You just have one code. But then people started to uh, Zoom bomb, basically, and hack, you know what I mean? So it's like, unfortunately, you know, people were showing, like, pornography to, like, you know, school kids. Oh, <laughs> like Frankie, I said. I'm feeling you because I'm, <laughs> I'm partially dyslexic. So every yeah. time I'm signing up for one of these fucking things, I'm, like, going, yeah, I, I'm me dyslexic. Too. <laughs> it took me, like, five minutes to be, I was, like, James jerking my chain. What the fuck is this? James. <laughs> <laughs> James, did you actually know the nuclear launch codes in the U.S. for these briefcases, right? For 20 years in time was eight times zero because people just didn't want to remember all that shit. <laughs> and, and you're zero, 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 zero. This is not a joke. But this was a lot more complicated. It's easier to launch a new for 20 years time than it was to have a Zoom conference with you guys. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, hope, it was pretty easy though, right? At the end of the day, you know, I mean, we got you on. But uh, yeah, man, we'd love to, you know, like I said, talk to some other uh, European artists, man, and, uh, yeah. you know, find I'm out what's going on, man. Here. So we'll check in with you. And thank you for always supporting the show and, uh, uh, you know, and everything like that. So, all right, love you guys, everybody. Take care, peace. Peace. Yeah. See you.